0: Random Eggs Productions presents The Marvel Cinematic Universe's Avengers Rewatch With your hosts, Justin and Mark Join us as we watch Earth's Mightiest Heroes, the Avengers Fight to save mankind in preparation for the galaxy's biggest threat Thanos Welcome, everyone, to the Marvel Avengers Rewatch Series. We are the credulous nerds, Mark and Justin. And today, we will be talking about Guardians of the Galaxy. And that movie came out in 2014 and was directed by James Gunn. And this movie is number 10 in our Marvel Avengers Rewatch Series. So, as always, my name is Justin, and I have my co-host with me, Mark. Hey, guys. How's it going? And like I said, this movie came out in 2014, and it stars uh, Chris Pratt as Peter Quill, a.k.a. Star-Lord, as he likes to call himself. And Zoe Saldana plays Gamora, the green alien lady. Dave Bautista plays Drax, and Vin Diesel is the voice of Groot. And Bradley Cooper is the voice of Rocket the Raccoon. And we have Lee Pace, who you may have seen him in The Hobbit as Thranduil, the, the elf the Elf king. He plays the villain, Ronan, in this film. And then we got Michael Rooker from The Walking Dead. He's best known for Merle in The Walking Dead, and he plays Yandu and also we have Karen Gillan plays Nebula is, who's Gamora's sister and then I I always struggle with his first name Jimon Hounsu plays Korath we got a couple yeah. well known actors Glenn Co- Glenn Close plays Nova Prime John C Riley plays Corpseman Day and Benicio Del-, Del Toro reprises his role as the Collector so pretty well-rounded cast, a lot of well-known actors, hardly any new actors that we haven't heard of. I think yeah. while Dave Bautista is a newer actor, we've all heard of him due to his uh, fighting or wrestling days. Was he a yeah. wrestler?
1: WWE. He's a big yeah. WWE guy. And Karen Gillen, I didn't know this. I was just looking her up, and I was like, hey, she looks familiar, and she's in Jumanji, the new Jumanji. And I just saw that so I was like oh that's awesome I didn't realize that that was the same person
0: yeah, yeah so she's getting to be in more movies I think she started out with Doctor Who that most people would recognize her
1: as uh, I, I'm not in the in the Who I'm not either <laughs> being nice. so I, I don't know who plays in Doctor Who I'm sorry yeah
0: but yeah that's that's the cast pretty good cast there I think uh, when this movie was first being promoted and we started seeing trailers I remember that why I liked Chris Pratt. I liked Zoe Saldana in uh, Star Trek and Vin Diesel and Bradley Cooper, and you know, all these guys. I was like, well, I don't know about this movie. You know, they never, I knew of the Guardians of the Galaxy, but I didn't really know them. You know, just knew that they were part of the Marvel Universe. They were, you know, with Fantastic Four the X-Men, all those guys. And... Mm-hmm. I just didn't know much about him so I started seeing trailers and teasers and at first I was very hesitant and I think it was about probably a couple months before the movie came out they, were, they released another you know one of those last trailers and I was really starting to dig it after that and I remember you telling me huh you liking it now
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah I remember talking about it and the whole time you're like eh I don't know eh, eh, you know just mod yeah. it but yeah then like uh, and I was kind of excited so I had first learned Guardians of the Galaxy years ago when I was a little kid because I used to watch Howard like uh, follow was it Howard the Duck uh, way back in the day and in his storyline Rocket appears and Rocket's part of the G- Guardians of the Galaxy so that's how I learned about him a long time ago and I was just looking but I didn't know like all the intricacy Star-Lord and everyone else you know um, but I just remember watching Howard the Duck and then that horrible movie came out and that was the end of Hour How the Duck days for me. But, uh, I mean, it came out when I was l- super little, but when I finally watched it, it was really horrible. Don't go back and watch it unless you yeah. really hate yourself. But it was, <laughs> but uh, so then, I, he, you know, he, he does a surprise little role here, right? He shows up at the credits in the movie. It's kind of a spoiler alert, something we'll talk about at the end. But, um, yeah, as I, as I saw, I, I really got excited about the Guardians of the Galaxy because they're not, they're kind of apart from, from everybody else, right? We've heard about Captain America, um, all these guys, that's all centered on earth. Thor, you see a little bit, but you know, you mostly see him on earth. You don't really get to see him anywhere else until Thor Ragnarok. But, uh, you know, guardians of galaxy, it's nothing to do with earth. You know, they're far away and they're in a galaxy far, far away. And, uh, you know, there we go. Yeah. So,
0: This movie takes the Marvel Cinematic Universe in a whole new direction. It puts it out in space, new characters, it's basically an origin story for these guys. We've never seen them before. And, you know, we're starting this new timeline, I guess it's not a timeline, but this new storyline, and uh, based on what we've seen in the new Avengers trailer, you know, they meet up with Thor, and then they eventually meet up with, you know, Iron Man, and Captain America, all those guys, so... these two storylines come together in the next Avengers movie Avengers 3 and then as far as the movie being directed by James Gunn uh, he's done a few other things nothing that I'm familiar with really I've heard Slither was a big deal good movie for him Super I kind of remember that It's kind of a superhero type movie and then yeah Guardians of the Galaxy was his big thing
1: yeah I mean I, he did Scooby Doo back in the day oh did he right yeah, yeah he that wrote live it. action that live action Scooby Doo right so he did yeah. He did both of those I only saw the first one and it was I mean it was alright it was nothing to call home yeah. about he did Dawn of the Dead a lot of people like that if you're into the whole okay crazy shows but yeah this is a, I you know from what I know of him definitely the best that I've seen you know come out of him
0: yeah And I think he did a great job. I mean, took a big chance with this material, with these characters and the storyline, and I think he delivered. You know, I think this is one of the the better marvel films that we've seen in in a lot of ways. It has its drawbacks, as most do, but I think it was new. And that's what I appreciated about it. You know, you got a talking raccoon, a tree, you know, (laughs) green heroine, girls. Over and over again, that's all he says. Yeah. A lot of new things and that's, I did
1: appreciate that about this film and it was fun to watch. Mhm. Yeah, I enjoyed the witty humor. Uh I tell I have to tell you this, I I really love the the soundtrack for Guardians of the Galaxy. Great songs. I dug you know, listen to all those music that music when I was a kid, listened to it as I grew up, I still listen to it so um really dig the the soundtrack can't say enough about it and like you said it, it's new I mean we hadn't seen anything quite like this the storyline was its own and uh, I mean it's a superhero movie but just different you know you don't get the Marvel type you know the Captain America and Thor and you don't get that feel it's, yeah. it's different and I, and I like that
0: yeah so this film is in the story overall story and timeline it is chronologically after Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Um, there are, I guess there is an affinity stone in this film, the Power Stone. And we'll talk more about that as we go on, but it was in the orb. I guess, well, the movie starts out with Peter Quill trying to recover an artifact. He goes to this deserted planet in these ruins, and the planet's Morag. And he's there to recover an orb so they could sell it and make some money. And the power stone ends up being inside the orb. And they don't realize that until later on in the story. Um, but he gets there first. Ronan, who's the, the villain, he had sent his henchman Korath to recover it, but Peter got there first. So there's kind of a chase scene, and he makes off with it and heads to Xandar um, to hawk it there. To sell it, so that's kind of how the story starts, and we see Peter Quill end up on on Zandar, and he's he's gone to the the seller, and the seller won't buy it because or how? Yeah, he won't buy it because someone else wants it, and the, someone else ends up being Thanos. Ultimately, no, Ronan, Ronan. Well, Ronan, Yeah, you're right. So Ronan's getting it so he could give it to Thanos
1: hmm
0: the 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 buyer doesn't want to cross Ronin so he refuses to buy a computer
1: and Ronin is pretty much i mean he's the he's the main bad guy in this film. I guess Thanos is around right but yeah. uh but Ronan's the guy to fear because he's like a Cree fanatic right yeah. and so and if you actually look into the Cree um and who they are i mean they're they're strong beings in their own right but but Ronin was actually considered like the one one or two most powerful Kree in the all of all of them mm-hmm. and uh, he was really respected a lot of people followed him um, a lot of the government respected him or feared him and so when this guy is like I'm going to kill all Zendarians, like that meant something it wasn't just like oh this crazy guy from another system is threatening our lives it's like oh this guy will do something about it and, and can so you know, when he's like, oh, I want nothing to do with it, it makes more sense. After I looked into Ronan, I'm like, man, who is this guy? They're just scared of the name. But then once I read up, I'm like, oh, okay, I, yeah, I, I'd be scared of him too. So yeah. um, so if you, some good reads. If you ever want to get on like a wiki or, you know, like I know they have some Marvel wikis out there. Talks about Ronan. Pretty cool backstory. I suggest reading it if you like that stuff. I enjoy reading all the history. So, get, you know, read that and you can find out more about Ronan. Yeah.
0: And Lee Pace portrayed him very well. And this is one of the characters that, you know, I, I did feel some type of menace. You know, he was uh, a force to be reckoned with. Unlike uh, some of the other Marvel villains who there he is a one and done, but previous one and done Marvel villains, it was kind of they just filled the role. They weren't necessarily scary or, you know, oh, you better watch out for this guy. But uh, Ronan was. I always felt he you know, had the power and the skill and the ability to, to do some damage in the story, and, and he does. So uh, we're, we're introduced to Ronan as well early on in the film. <clears throat> and Ronan has Gamora and Nebula working for him. And they are, both of those two are a daughter of, of Thanos. Thanos had lent them to Ronan to help recover the orb and help him uh, defeat the Zandarians. So uh, when they discover that Peter Quill has obtained the orb, when uh, what's his name? Korath returns to tell Ronan, hey, this guy Star-Lord, he came and stole it from me. So he sends Gamora after him to recover that.
1: Mm-hmm. And he was originally going to send uh, the other sister, right? What's her Nebula. name? Nebula. Nebula, but uh, um, you know she, the sister convinces her, nope. Uh, you know it'll be your death. Uh, you know if you don't go, I know Xandar sent me. You know really, you kind of find out more about their relationship later, but you find out that Gamora is actually the more dangerous of the two. You know a little bit more deadly, and so. um it kind of uh, made sense that Ronan would change his mind. Yeah. You know, flip. Because I always thought that was weird, right? She's like, oh no, I'll go, you know, because that kind of seems weird of its own, but, you know, once you kind of find out a little bit more about her, it makes sense. You know, Ronan wants the job done, so he's going to send his best assassin.
0: Yeah. So she heads to Zandar. Her and Peter Quill meet up. She takes the the orb from him. They kind of do a chase scene through the through the city there, which is pretty cool. And we, here we have our Stan Lee cameo in this scene where, you know, we got, we also see Rocket Raccoon and Groot and they're just kind of checking. His, uh... A prevert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is
1: that what he says? Yeah, I think that's exactly what he says. <laughs> yeah.
0: So they're scoping out, trying to look for bounty people who have bounties on them. And they, they see, um, uh, Stanley and, like, like what you said. Oh, there's a class.
1: What did? What what'd you say? Class A prevert. He says prevert, <laughs> but because uh, uh, he's like talking to some young, good-looking yeah. Zandarian or something.
0: Yeah, he's trying to hit on all the young ladies. so... That's his <laughs> cameo in this, in this film. Um, but then they they find uh, Peter Quill. He's got a big bounty, so they start chasing him to capture him and take him to ends up being Yondu, and in the as a result, Groot, uh, Rocket Raccoon, Peter Quill, and Gamora get captured
1: by the Zandar police. Do you know? Do you remember how much the bounty was? No, like putting you on the spot. No, not offhand. I didn't write it down. Oh my goodness! It's forty k, right? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Is it? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's forty thousand units, and he's like forty yeah. thousand units. Groot, we're going to be rich. And Groot's drinking the, out of the trunk. Of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, all right, sorry. I yeah. put him on the yeah. spot.
0: Yeah, no worries. Because that comes into play later. So, they, they're captured by the police. They're taken to this high uh, security facility. And that is called. Um, the Kiln. The Kiln, yep. So, they're taken there. They get their pictures taken. We kind of get to see a little bit of um, background on these characters as they're scanned. <laughs> we see <laughs> Peter Quill flip off the camera.
1: <laughs> that part was classic, right? I remember watching yeah. that part in the in the trailer. Yeah, and, and they blurred it out, right? But it was sure. so funny. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know. It just won't go down. <laughs> yeah. Legitimate. What a bunch. Of, what does he call them? Does he I call them a-holes? Yeah. yeah, what a bunch of a-holes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: So we see that the Gamora, I think it's said that she's been modified and made into a weapon, or there's some dialogue that kind of accentuates how dangerous she is. Um, Rocket Raccoon is, his, like, his real name, I guess you could say, is subject Eight, Nine p P13 he was the subject of illegal genetic and cybernetic experiments and he's Groot, is a humanoid plant, obviously like you said earlier he only says I am Groot so in there in <clears> that facility they end up meeting Drax who's a very literal person and everything you you know he has no understanding of sarcasm or <laughs> anything like that, he just you know what you say is what you mean
1: and nothing goes over his head Nothing will catch it too fast <laughs> yeah. the reflexes are too fast. <laughs> no.
0: And his motivation in this, at least in this first part of the film, is you know Ronan killed his wife and his daughter, and he wants to get revenge. So Which I them. wonder
1: why he was in the kiln in the first place, because it seemed like all he was doing was killing Ronan's, you know, minions. Because that's what he says, right? Yeah. Um, when he's in jail, like guys, like you're Ronan, the, the destroyer. You know, you've killed tons of Ronans. Or, not Ronin, the destroyer, but Drax, you know, whatever, and uh, you've killed a lot of his minions. It makes me wonder how he got in there in the first place. Like, what did he do? Oh, no, you you killed a maniac's minions so go to jail. Yeah, good deal. Good job. So,
0: yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't really expound on that either. Right? But, see, so he hooks up with this group because Gamora is going to lead him to Ronin. So, that's how they all end up together. And they plan their escape. Uh, Rocket is able to—he's the master of escaping prisons and done it 23 times, I believe. So um, they're gonna figure out a way out. And also, uh, when they convince Gamora to go with them, she she says that she's gonna take the orb and not return it to Ronan or Thanos, but she's gonna take it to another guy, another buyer who'll give them. Uh,
1: Four 10 billion. billion
0: unit? It was 4 billion.
1: Oh, 4 billion units. Yeah. Yeah. Because
0: it was 1 billion for each of them. For, uh, oh, for that. For rocket you can group. You split it three ways. Yeah. <laughs> I am grouped. Okay, four <laughs> ways. <laughs> <laughs> so they, you know, that's when they're like, rocket's like, what? <laughs> 4 billion units. Yeah, we'll yeah. go to you guys. <laughs> So they hook up, they escape, they devise a plan, they escape, uh, and they head to Nowhere, which I thought was a pretty cool place. Uh, Nowhere is actually just a giant skull from one of the Celestials that died a long time ago. And um, in this place, in Nowhere, they're mining all the, the brain matter, bones, you know, all the... Material from the head to, to sell it off
1: do you, for, do you for think, resources do you think the celestials are going to play a role at some point in this whole film
0: because we, we've
1: seen two of them now right and they're both dead right Star-Lord's dad is a celestial right. and he he gets he dies and now this one so I, I just wonder like are they ever going to play some type of weird role I don't think so. I think they're
0: just kind of a background, hey, this is the history of this place, you know, this part of the galaxy. And, hmm. I don't know, maybe, because where are they now if they're still around? I think they've all kind of, either they're in hiding, I don't know why they'd be in hiding, but we just don't see them they dead dead or doing their own thing.
1: Well, if I remember right, the Celestials, and... And this is you know if anyone's listening and you want to correct me by all means do it but if I remember right I seem to remembering that Thanos was the son of the celestials and the way he was born like like he had the perfect genetic makeup to make him more powerful than the others so he killed a bunch of them yeah. and uh, there's still some alive but they are not friends with Thanos yeah so I'm hiding hiding from Thanos yeah, it could be, but like I said, I can't remember 100%, but I know Thanos has a history, something weird like that, like he destroyed his planet where he came from, and cause he was more powerful, but, and if I remember, they were the celestial, Celestials, so, but they're still around, but maybe, maybe it just doesn't matter, who knows.
0: Yeah, <clears throat> Yeah. so there's a, a mining
1: colony in this skull,
0: and this is where the collector has taken residence, where he has his museum. And we first see the Collector in, or we saw him in Thor 2, Thor the Dark World. Mm-hmm. So took, Just in
1: the uh, ending credit?
0: Yeah. They, they brought the ether to him to store. So I think that's kind of where they get the idea of, hey, if you have a Infinity Stone, take it to the Collector. He'll buy it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So uh, they, they make their way there. They meet with him. And we kind of get a little more backstory on the Infinity Stones. I want to cover that just a little bit, because it definitely plays into Infinity War. Mm-hmm. So, so, with, so with the Power Stone, uh, the collector kind of gives a little history on it. He says, um, before the creation, there were six singularities. And then when the universe exploded, the remnants of the singularities were formed into six concentrated ingots, the Infinity Stones. And these stones can only be used by by beings of extraordinary strength. Once for a moment, a group was able to share the energy amongst themselves, but they were quickly destroyed by it. And we're kind of seeing some visuals as he's explaining these things, and we see this group of probably eight or ten people trying to link together to use this power, and it ends up destroying them. So, so that's kind of the the history that the collector gives of, of the infinity stones, and then he is going to keep it there in his museum. Any thoughts on that, Mark, on the infinity stones? I'm sorry, say it one more time. Any thoughts on, on that, with the infinity stones?
1: You know, it's so hard. I don't know a whole lot about them, right? We've only seen so many. Um, I know this was the power stone, right? Um but I know one thing like so we were talking about like how come certain people have held him like uh, the uh, who, who was it? The eye patch guy. Oh, my goodness. I can remember his name. Samuel Jackson's character. Nick Fury. Nick Fury. You know how he grabbed it and he held it. So what I found out is that that so that's not actually the Infinity Stone. It's just the shell of the Infinity Stone. Right. So right. he can grab the Tesseract and be OK. That's why it didn't hurt him. Or like the Eye of Agamotto. Mm-hmm. We haven't gotten there yet, but from um, Doctor Strange. Yeah. Same thing. That's why he can grab the eye and not, you know, be overwhelmed. Because they what they can do is they can take these Infinity Stones and infuse them in objects and then use their power that way. Which And you see Ronan do this in this movie, right? When he takes it and he puts it into his hammer. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, so that's uh, so that's why... Um, certain people have been able to touch it, but if you touch just the ingot itself, that's when it becomes really dangerous. That's when people can, you know, that's when you get destroyed. Mm, okay. So, and, and I don't know, so when you see like the Aether, the, the ether whatever, um, I don't know. It, it's going to eventually turn into ingot, right? But maybe that's why... Uh, what's-her-name was able to have it inside of her and not kill her right away because it, was, it wasn't it was in its true form. It was in its, like, little misty form or whatever. Yeah. Maybe it wasn't concentrated enough to yeah, an immediate effect on her. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> so, kind, some kind of interesting um, backstory there. I did read something kind of interesting. So, each of them have, like, a their side name, like, not Power Stone or whatever. Like... For example, the the Yellowstone, the Mind Stone is also known as the Scepter, right? And the the aether, the Ether, is another another name. Um, it's called the Reality Stone. Then you have the power storm that was, storm that was contained in the orb. And apparently, if you find their original names, uh, it's six Infinity Stones that spells out Thanos. Mm. Mm-hmm.
0: Interesting.
1: Right, interesting, right? So like the orb it starts with an O. O is in Thanos. So it kind of it kind of cool uh reading something weird about that. So kind of uh wonder if that was intentional from the beginning or maybe that's just some hugabaloo someone came up with at some at some point, but kinda of, kind of cool. Yeah. Well
0: it could explain why the ether starts with an A. <laughs> like it's A E T A T R. Yeah. Right. <laughs> So maybe <laughs> it was intentional.
1: Yeah, definitely. So no, it, p- pretty interesting, and um, and then oh yeah, T Thanos Tesseract. Yeah. So yeah. So kind of kind of cool, but yeah, I so I always thought the Tesseract was, was the actual Infinity Stone itself, but it's it's not. It's just its shell. Like a container for it. Yeah, and okay. so. Um, I guess at some point we're going to see and I think that's what we see right in the Infinity Wars trailer he breaks yeah. the Tesseract shell yeah I think so I think I remember that so if we got the
0: Tesseract the ether. no there's the H what's the H for Thanos
1: uh, so everyone thinks th- that's the one we haven't seen yet okay and Thanos will control uh, will have that one and it supposedly starts with an H, whatever, whatever it is. Hmm. Okay. So
0: Tesseract, H,
1: ether N is? It's, so it's, apparently the N is the Eye of Ogmodo, but the, it wasn't always the Eye of Agmoto. No, so apparently it. that's what we know it now, but it was called something else. Like, I, I just read it, like, was giving it a once-over, actually, why we were doing this. I was looking something up And it was talking about So I didn't get to read The whole thing But they were talking about All of it And I did see that That's what they That they said The Eye of Agamotto Wasn't its its Original Prison That was called Something else
0: Okay then the O Is the orb And the X Would be What's the scepter Yep, scepter Scepter of Loki
1: mm-hmm.
0: Okay That's cool So Infinity Stones Come back Uh well, they're sitting there talking about it. Uh, the collector's servant girl, Karina, he's kind of been yelling at her past little bit. So she's mad. She grabs it, and she's like, I'm not going to be your slave anymore and grabs the, the, the Infinity Stone. And we see what happens to people who try to grab those stones without um, having the power to, to contain them. So she ends up, like, disintegrating and exploding. And explodes the whole museum, and you know makes it, puts it into chaos. <clears throat> and the the guardians end up splitting at that point, and at this, also at the same time, um, Ronan shows up because uh, Drax had gone and radioed him and said, "Hey, we're here on, on nowhere. Come find us. We want to fight you." <laughs> so he shows up, and Drax tries to fight him, but just gets beat down. He almost dies. Um, Gamora and Peter chase down the Infinity... or they have the Infinity Stone and they're being... and eventually Nebula catches up to them and is able to disable them and take the Infinity Stone from them. In that moment, uh, Nebula is uh, you know, pushed out of her, her ship and she's in space and she's going to die. So Peter Quill decides to get out of his little spaceship and save her as well. And then eventually they're picked up by Yondu and they're rescued. So now they're prisoners of Yondu because Yondu was looking for Peter because he stole the orb at the beginning of the film and took the money that he was supposed to get.
1: (laughs) Did you follow all that? (laughs) Yum. Sort of. Okay. Well,
0: (laughs) luckily we can rewatch it if we need to. But then, uh, so Rockets and Groot are still back on the planet of nowhere, and they rescue Drax and help him realize, you know, he was being selfish and he shouldn't have done that. And then they take off in Peter's ship to try to meet up with Yondu and get Peter and Gamora back, which they do end up confronting them, and then they join Yondu, so it's Yondu and all the Ravagers and Peter and his crew, the Guardians of the Galaxy, are all teaming up to go back and get the orb from Gamora, who has delivered it to Ronan. And Ronan is headed to, he's decided to not honor his part of the bargain with Thanos. Because the bargain was, Thanos says, you give me the orb, bring it to me, and then I will destroy Xandar, Xandar for you. But for whatever reason, Ronu decides to circumvent Thanos and just go attack Xandar himself with the orb. He puts it into, he attaches it to his massive hammer, like you said earlier, and that gives him power so he thinks he has enough to do the job himself. So Yondu and Peter and his their group, they radio ahead to Xandar and say, hey, we're going to help you. And... Ronan's on his way, so then that sets up the final battle between Ronan and his Kree with Xandar and the Ravagers and the Guardians of the Galaxy. So pretty, I don't know if it's complex, but pretty intricate ins and outs of a plot. I think it holds up pretty well overall. Makes sense as as we're going along. Do you see any plot holes there in that whole
1: storylines mark uh no not really um the only thing that i've always found weird is why thanos just didn't go to that planet himself to get the yeah. yeah you know to get the um infinity stone i mean i know he sent like he told ronan hey if you get this for me and it makes me wonder why you know like was he scared that uh If someone saw him moving they would approach you know they would try to stop him you know like where's he been in all this there's all these infinity stones flying about and he wants to collect them and i know that's what infinity wars is but it seems like that would be like a simple one like oh i better just jaunt right over to this uninhabited planet and get it yeah pretty simple and yeah so i've always kind of wondered why he never did. If, if, if that's just an overlook in the storyline, or if that's an actual, there's a reason for it. And so I, I was kind of that—that that strange. And same thing, you know, if if he's so powerful, why does not he just go to nowhere and t- take the, you know, the aether from um, from the collector?
0: Yeah, that too. I mean, yeah, what so is Thanos a prisoner in his place? We see him. Well, we don't see him for the first time, but we kind of have. We hear dialogue, and he interacts with other characters for the first time. He's hanging out in his place called Sanctuary. Mm-hmm. Can, he, can he leave there? Is he stuck there? Or you know, what's the deal?
1: Yeah, it makes you wonder. And then, um, and then, kind of goes back to—I think I mentioned this when we talked about um, when Loki, Avengers. Why would he give Loki the Mind Stone? Like he was, oh here I have an I have an extra one. Take it with you. You know it's kind of strange. Like I'm sure he thought that Loki would win, but did he honestly think Loki would bring it back? Kind of like Ronan. Like, hey Ronan, I'm going to give you the Power Stone. Feel free to not betray me and just give it to me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think maybe Thanos was counting on his his reputation or you know his invincibility that they would just do it, but they don't
1: yeah that's the only thing i yeah. think of yeah and it's just kind of weird because it's like i mean honestly the the idea that there's honor among thieves is silly yeah and so um i don't know i've always thought that there's more to that story that, that that's been told and if not it's really weak writing
0: yeah hopefully they'll address it in Infinity wars and they'll just
1: mm-hmm.
0: i mean you could have a couple lines of dialogue to kind of explain that. You know? So hopefully they'll do something mm-hmm. that'll address it some, some way.
1: Yeah. And that's why I think... So the the one stone that we know nothing about, it's orange. It's the soul stone. And that's generally considered the most powerful of all the stones. But we don't know anything about it. And I I believe that Thanos is in control of that. He, he has it all along. Yeah. And so... Um, so that was kind of his like, well, if Ronan does betray me, I have this. Or if Loki does betray me, I have this. So it was kind of, you know, it's a small price to pay because then it's like, well, I know Loki's at her, so I'll just go there <laughs> at some yeah. point. So, I, I mean, I don't know, but um, but like you said, I hope it is addressed.
0: Yeah, so you're, you're thinking the Soul Stone is his ace in the hole. he uh, can always yeah. pull that out and be like, okay, give it back, or I'll just destroy you or he does destroy them and gets it back anyway
1: yeah uh, I mean that's what I think and and I don't know like I don't really quite understand the, all the different powers of the stones like I know that you know the time stone does the time uh, you know to a point the reality stone like with the ether I don't really understand what that means like maybe you can change your reality and maybe that's what the dark elves were trying to do so they could take all the light away. They'd make a new reality. I, I'm not 100% sure. The mind stone, I, I feel like, yeah, you, you can alter people's minds, but I don't think that we've ever seen actually what the mind stone's really about. Uh, the, the space stone, it kind of seems weird that you could just use the stone to travel wherever you want instantly. I think there's more to it. So I don't really understand all these stones' um, powers. So when it says the soul stone, I just don't know what that means does that mean he can change some what change someone's soul change who they are I mean I, I don't know right but uh, I mean it's obviously got to be doing something that he knows that he can just give up infinity stones and get them back w- without too much trouble
0: yeah and I read something an article uh, a while back and I don't so I'm only half remembering it but it was something that you know, if you gather them all together, they play off each other. You know, so you can you have control over. You know, they they have their individual abilities and capabilities, but when you bring them together, you know, the time stone can play off the soul stone, and they create a whole new power. So, oh, they work together to be even more powerful, and you know, you can turn back time. You can bring people back from the dead and, you know, just all kinds of crazy things because the way they work together. And so you're basically God doing whatever you want with this infinity gauntlet. So I'll have to look that up and kind of see what what they are. We can talk about it in a future podcast, Um, like one that's right before infinity stone. So maybe that'll help us prepare for the movie. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, like we mentioned, we get to see the sanctuary with, where Thanos resides. Uh, Ronan goes and visit, visits him, and we see a character that we saw earlier in this in these movies. He's just called the Other. He's kind of a major domo of, of Thanos. He's got that mask on. And he talks kind of funny. Mm-hmm. He Ronan ends up killing him, and. He just gets rid of him with his power. So, you know, ronan has got some some guts to go to Thanos' throne, basically, and kill his, his servant right in front of him. But Thanos tells him to get the orb, or he will kill him. And that was earlier in the movie, but I thought that was an interesting scene. Uh, so they're back on Xandar. There's, it's the final battle where the plan is that... Uh, the guardians will infiltrate Ronan's ship and overthrow him, and the Ravagers and the uh, the Nova Corps will attack the ship from the outside and try to, you know, uh, delay the ship from reaching Xandar. So that's kind of the plan. They, there's a fight in the ship with uh, Ronan's army henchmen and then there's ships outside and they're all just it's kind of a big battle which is pretty cool lots of cool scene. Uh, one thing i did notice in this was that the the ships battling in the atmosphere a lot of great visuals um a lot of great you know action scenes there and just well filmed and well directed and one of my favorite scenes in, in this whole film was that part of there at the end Um, and we got Peter Quill and Gamora they end up reaching Ronan, and they have this big super weapon that has like a a big missile, they shoot it at him but because he has this power stone he just kind of shrugs it off and it doesn't work so Drax charges Ronan and Ronan just grabs him and throws him and but then Rocket Raccoon crashes, he does like a suicide bomber type thing and crashes into the ship and hits Ronin, but then the ship is unable to be piloted and it crash lands on the Earth, or on Xandar. And this is the part where Groot sacrifices himself for the other Guardians, where um, he kind of creates this ball around them, and so when they crash, they're protected, but it ends up killing him. He ends up disintegrating.
1: But I wonder, too, if uh, it like I don't know, it seemed like um, Rocket tended to think that him doing like doing that was him dying anyways. Right. He's like, no, you'll die. like because it didn't seem like, oh, well, yeah, maybe he'll survive. It was like, no, you're going to die if you do this. Like it seemed like that group overgrowing himself in that ball was regardless if, you know, he blew up in that crash, he he was going to die. That was his kind of ending.
0: Hmm. Okay, yeah, that's a good point. Now that I think about it, yeah, it kind of didn't matter. And we know from from the director, James Gunn, he kind of, after the fact during, um, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, he kind of stated that, you know, this new Groot in Volume Two isn't the same Groot that from Volume One. It's like his son. Mm-hmm. so he did end up dying but was able to be his essence was able to be replanted I guess and now we have a ton of group but um, so yeah they crash and uh, Ronan of course survives because bad guys don't die in the first go around comes back and he gets the orb from from them but then Peter I don't know, this part is kind of funny. The next, This next part is, is pretty funny, but at the same time, it's pretty silly. And I'm talking about the dance-off.
1: Yeah, it's kind of random, right? Yeah. I mean, he's just kind of like, like he's there to destroy it. And Thanos' or Ronan's like, what are you doing? Yeah. And he's like, listen to my words. And he's just singing that song. He's like, bring it down. He's like, what are you doing? You know, he's like, I'm distracting you a little, turd, or whatever. He's like, dance-off, bro. And, yeah. And it's really strange because um, It's hard to say Look, this guy's here to destroy the world Why, you know, is he really just gonna be like, Be stalled by this guy dancing? Yeah Yeah and, But the thing is, is like, maybe Right? I mean, because it's so off the wall It would almost be hard not to be like What, what, what are you doing? Like my like, what's going on here, right? And so I can see it, but it, it's so strange, you know. It's so like, where's this coming from? Like, it's this serious part. He's here, just he's got the thing above his head. He's screaming, and then all of a sudden, it just like you go like, just random, just so random, and <laughs> it just felt awkward. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's a good point.
0: Awkward. Like in <laughs> and of itself, it's funny. But in the context of this
1: scene, it's, it's kind of dumb, <laughs> in my opinion. You're kind of lame. It's like, what? Like, that's, that's what you could come up with? Like, that was your, like, crap, we don't know how to stop him. Let's do a dance-off. Like, how did nobody say fire that guy after that idea, right? I mean, yeah. instead, they, they had a standing ovation and rewrote it so there was a dance-off.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, it does distract him, and they shoot him, they get the orb back, Peter grabs it, but he's able to, you know, withstand the, the disintegrating effect. But he needs help from the other Guardians, and they all kind of hold hands and come together. Their defining moment, and they use the stone to destroy Ronan, and he ends up being disintegrated himself. And this is where they come up with the phrase "We're the Guardians of the Galaxy." So uh, they they win. They're celebrated. Um, everyone's happy. The Novacore, they forgive their, you know, their past crimes. They can wipe their, their rap sheet clean. Give them a new ship, and but then the NovaCore end up keeping the the orb that contains the Infinity Stone in a safe for safekeeping. And that's kind of where we we end the show. Um, some other cool things that I wanted to touch on briefly. Yandu's arrow, you know, he controls it by whistling. He has this thing implanted in his head where he can control it visually, I guess, but he has to whistle. And, it's, you know, there's a scene where he destroys like, you know, 15, 20 bad guys with one, you know, with one arrow. He only has the one arrow, but he defeats them in like 30 seconds. So, pretty powerful, pretty cool weapon. I like it. Mm-hmm. Um... And also, the Collector's Museum was pretty cool. It had a lot of different things in there. If you pause and look at things, you can see a Shatari from the Avengers, you know, the, the aliens that attacked Earth. There's a dark elf in there from Thor, the Dark World. I didn't see this. I just kind of picked up on it on the website. So there's a cocoon holding Adam Warlock, and he's a cosmic being who later became, becomes a member of the Guardians. And then in the, after the the museum blows up, you see an empty cocoon. So it's supposed to escape. We see the Russian dog in the cosmonaut suit.
1: The CCC, the CCCP, right, dog or whatever, yeah. that yeah. went missing. or Like they shot into space and no one ever heard from the dog again. <laughs> yeah. So that's what happened to it, if you ever yeah. wondered. Yeah.
0: yeah. Name's Cosmo. Uh, so that's some cool things there. Anything else that you... That you noticed, or want to talk about it? As far as cool things in the in this film, Howard the Duck. Howard the Duck. Yeah, he's in the very end in credit scene. Um, you kind of see he, the collectors just sitting there, and the astronaut dog Cosmo comes up to him, starts licking his face. Then we hear this voice: "Why you let him lick? Why do you let him, lick, him? You let him lick, lick you like that? It's gross." Then we see it's Howard the Duck just sitting there.
1: That's right? Cause, which is interesting because they made that movie and at the end he goes to space. And you never see him again. They never made another movie. And, uh, now, you know what happened to him. And, uh, I thought it was cool. I, I really appreciated yeah. that. It was. Yeah. Really it was a good addition. I like that. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, I mean, the ending was pretty, pretty good ending. I thought, um, we see the end of Ronin. um, at this time in the comic books, that's not quite how it happens. He's not really like a horrible, horrible bad guy. Like they make him out to be in this, uh, in the film, but, um, you know, good, uh, good ending. I thought I, I really liked how they brought it, brought it back. Um, kind of get to see, you know, the, the group come together at the end, you know, and, He's like, what, what do you think? You know, want to do something a little bad? A little good? Or whatever he says, you know, or a little both? She's like, what's up to you, Star-Lord? And he's like, all right, a little both. You know what I mean? So, And they're all cool with it. Like, it, it was nice to... One thing I did like is how, like, the connection that I kind of had with Star-Lord. You know, starting from the first one, his mom died. Like, that's so sad, right? I mean, you kind of already feel for Star-Lord. And then um you know he's looks at that present a couple times and you know he kicks uh you know kicks it closed when rocket was building his 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 bomb you know like leave it alone and then you see him at the end you can hear him listening to the music and kind of start crying and i i just i don't know i fi- felt a little bit more connected to star lord as a character and i could actually you know kind of Feel for him on a on a personal level from watching the movie, which was which was good, and I I think that made his character for me a lot better, you know, because I I could relate better to him. Like he seemed more humanized, not so story, you know. Yeah, yeah,
0: and they did a good job with that. Um, you know, he's this orphan basically, but he's not the normal orphan guy, and they did a good job of developing his character. I, I agree. Uh, I probably felt more connection with him than I did with Captain America. who's probably one of my favorites in the uh, cinematic universe. So um, he did a great job with that. Yeah, so that's uh, episode ten of our you our Marvel Avengers rewatch series, Guardians of the Galaxy. Next up is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Uh, takes place right after this one apparently. Um, so we'll talk about that next time, but. We want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, you can find us on Facebook, Facebook.com, Credulous Nerds, as well as Twitter, Instagram, Credulous Nerds. And our podcast can be found on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spreaker. Uh, we're now on Mixcloud as well as on iHeartRadio. So all you have to do is do a search for us in your favorite podcast app, and we should show up or you do a Google search and you'll be able to find us and listen to, to our podcast. So we want to thank you guys for listening, and we'll catch you next time.
1: See you guys.